Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Oh, oh, I'm feeling that right now. I'm feeling that, that right now. I'm feeling that right now. Okay, I like the vibe. Say this with me. Say one, two, three. It's all about the G-O-D. And if you want to go to the tip top, you got to put them in the right spot. Number one, I said a one, two, three. It's all about the G-O-D. And if you want to go to the tip top, you got to put them in the right spot. Number one. All right. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Father, you're good. Jesus, your word talks about the ministry of reconciliation. God, we know that through you, God, there's no color. We know through you, God, there's no, Lord, racism. We know through you, God, there's no social oppression or political oppression. But God, we know through you we are all one. But God, the issue is we as within the Christian faith community, we fight to become one. And I pray, God, that you lift the veil. God, you continue to show yourself strong, God, that we can unite as the body of Christ, that the world will see that you were sent by God the Father. Bless this time in Jesus' most holy, upright name. And everybody says amen. 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 God bless y'all. Now, I want to tell y'all. Take the liberty to stay up if you want. You can go sit down and chill, but I'm going to make this real quick. But, hey, listen. Um, I want to share with y'all just the reality of what we're dealing with now. Our world is dealing with so many problems now that we can't avoid it anymore. Okay? We're not just having what you call black problems or white problems, y'all. The problems that we're having in this earth, not just even American problems, not just problems going on in the West, but the problems that we're dealing with in the earth is a global problem. We're having global problems. Can y'all agree with me? The pandemic, right? The racial unrest, the social issues, political oppression, you name it. We can't just sit back anymore in our little circles or in our little cultural boxes and just do nothing or just have an opinion about it. We have to be engaged. God is calling the church of Jesus Christ to be engaged with the issues that we're dealing with today. And a lot of times people look at Christians for what they talk about versus what they do. And one of the reasons why my son and I uh, mentioned Martin Luther King today, I'm reminded of how when he, in 1945, uh, no, excuse me, 1965, excuse me, he wasn't that old, but in 1965, he moved into Chicago. And as he moved into Chicago, just for a period of time, it was for the sake of fair housing. He moved into Western Chicago to fight issues of poor housing for people of color and poor people. Martin Luther King ministry was relevant because he engaged he engaged the issues that were going on today. And now, today, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, God is calling you as, a, as an individual, as a believer in Christ Jesus, to engage the problems that we're dealing with and that we're facing with in the earth. Amen? Amen. So I'm reminded of what Jesus talked about, the Great Commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. I think we know what that means. You're in Bible college. I've been in Bible college before, too, Right? ethnos word, which means different people groups. I even take it to another level, say it means subcultures. Jesus was saying, step inside every subculture and engage it and make disciples. And one of the unique stories I see 
is when Paul was in Athens on his second missionary journey. As he was trying to make the gospel message known to all humanity, there's a new covenant. There's a new way to connect with God. And it's not just through rituals. Jesus was calling us to be closely connected with God the Father, and it was through him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ, and it's through Jesus Christ. But the thing is, when we stay separated, when we stay segregated, and when we're only having an opinion about the issues, our gospel message is unrelevant to the lost. So let's just roll with me real quick to Acts chapter, 20, uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 22. That's what it said. It says, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed him as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking through, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. The God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. It was a culture full of idolatry, y'all. Full of it. Stacked with idolatry. He is the one... He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in, in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfied, satisfied every need. From one man, he created all nations through the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for, for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Not just one nation, but all nations. Amen? Though he is not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and exist. One version says, in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we, should, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn from him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he appointed. And he proved to everyone who is this by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. I want to talk with y'all very briefly about the three R's. The three R's as it pertains to expanding God's kingdom, kingdom advancement, the three R's. It's important that we have to be willing to step outside the norm to, to really have impact for the body of Christ. The first R, y'all, and I don't have time to really dig into the historical aspect of the text and all that, but the first R I want to talk to y'all about today is the fact that Paul, man, people considered him radical. And when I mean radical, I'm not talking about a radical extremist that's out to uh, do war tactics, but he stepped outside the traditional norm to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Because earlier in that chapter, verse 2, I believe, it talked about how it was his custom to go into synagogue and pro proclaim the gospel message to God-fearing Jews. But he came to the realization as he stepped into a new culture, he had to do something a little bit different. He had to do something a little bit different. He, he had to get to a point of saying, listen, you know what? I'm not, I'm not in my familiar surroundings. I'm not in church. And I believe many of us realize that, let's just be honest, right? I'm, I'm a comedian, but we all know what it's like in college culture, right? Well, I'm going to tell you about me, all right? 
Okay, I, I, I'm a little older than y'all, right? But back then, when I was in college, we had this whole thing called Ring by Spring, right? <laughs> y'all do that here too? Oh, Lord, please, I pray that you deliver. I'm just playing. All right. All right. So we did the Ring by Spring thing. You get, we, the point I'm trying to say, we got caught up in our own little culture, you know? Some of us wanted to go to school, right, get our education, and then land a job at one of these big mega churches to be like a worship leader or y- y- y'all don't think like that. Okay, that's just me. Okay. But the point that I'm trying to say is just that we get so consumed with the culture that we're, we're in, we fail to realize that there's a dying world outside of us. There are people who are, who are angry, who are hurting, who are bitter, that's dealing with life. And especially when we look at the global problems that we're facing today, we normally take like two extremes. One extreme is like we, we say stuff like, well, you know, uh, we just need the gospel. We need to take America back for God. It's, it's like there's nothing wrong with the current system that we're living in. And I'm saying if there's nothing wrong with the current system that we're living in, or if we need to get back, why is there so much turbulence? If you really understand that. So because of that, y'all, people tend to not do anything and we stay in our Christian bubble and we preach against the world. We preach against the sin that they're committing. Granted, people need to come into the knowledge of God. They need to repent for their sins. There's no debate about that. But how are you engaging the world? You feel me, right? And then there's another side of it, right? We have, and this is where it gets real critical, especially with this generation. We have this generation right now. They see the needs that's going on. They feel the need to engage the world. They feel the need to want to fight every social issue. But the issue sometimes is we allow the social issue that we're fighting for become bigger and greater and more truthful than the word of God itself. That's where it gets a little dangerous. I'm going to keep it real with you, y'all. I'm look. African-American, born and raised up in the hood, went through poverty and all that kind of stuff, and I'm fighting social issues. But there's certain things that if it doesn't line up with the word of God, I'm cool. I'm good on it. I'm not going to get involved. For instance, I'm not going to fight for a social issue if a man want to marry his dog or his lizard. That's just something I'm, not, I'm just not going to do. All right? And the thing is, what's happening is we allow sometimes the idolatry of fighting for the cause versus understanding and fighting for what the scripture says. Because Paul called him to repentance. If we look at, look at the uh, scripture, he didn't deny it. He said, look, let's, let's build this relationship, right? Let's be radical, right? But the next thing was, the next, next R was, he was relevant. He used a common denominator. Paul was no stupid man. He was educated. He understood philosophy. He understood the different things that were going on within the culture. But what Paul did was he observed the culture that was around him. And he used it as a platform to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why I'm involved in hip-hop. Don't misunderstand me. I'm a hip-hop head to the core. But at the same time, I realize that if I'm going to reach this generation, if I'm going to reach the generation of where I grew up in hip-hop culture, I have to be aware that it's important for me to speak their message. And Paul did that. But this was not only uh, 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 the issue that Paul had. He had to become relational, which is the last R. Paul realized that more than anything, if my gospel message is going to be effective, I have to engage and build relationships with people. Y'all agree with me? All right. Is there any mathematicians in here? I'm going to ask a question. I get people involved. Who's quick with math? Okay, let, let me ask, what, what's your name, young lady? Chris, okay, all right, quick question. Okay, so how many, day, how many hours are there in a day? Okay, and let me ask you a quick question. If there's 24 hours in a day, right, how many days are there in a week? 
Okay, so this is the question as we're thinking about this, right? Because we want to make disciples, right? So what's seven times 24? No, I'm, I'm, if anybody has a look, I have, look, I have, I have books out there. Who, whoever can give me the answer, I'll give you a free book. Who said that first? Okay, one second. Okay, all right. Okay, you get a book for me, okay? But listen, 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 okay. 168 hours in a week. All right, catch me real quick because time is running. 168 hours in a week. All right, okay. We're normally in school how many hours? All right. I work about eight, but if you do full-time ministry, uh, Pastor Miller will tell you we work like about 20 hours a week. I'm exaggerating, but you get the point, right? So you're inundated with things of the world constantly, constantly, messages, social media, you name it, right? And then all of a sudden we expect like three hours out of the week to bring change and transformation into the lives of people by them going to church, going to Bible study. The likelihood of that's going to happen when people deal with trauma, people deal with abuse, people deal with so much oppression, people deal with violence around them on a regular basis. We expect three hours out of the week to bring change and transformation in the lives of people. No. When Jesus was saying make disciples of all nations, he, he was talking about relationships as well. Are you willing to give of your life with individuals, take time to be with them on a consistent basis? And that's what Paul was talking about. See, the scripture talked about how Paul left actually where they were at when he was giving that discussion. He took it to another step with them. He built with them on a consistent basis. He was, he was, he was, he, he was relational. So the question I'm asking you today, as, 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 as believers in Christ Jesus, how many of y'all can actually say in the 554, I think, 04 zip code, right? Is it 55404? All right. How many of y'all can actually say, because there's a high uh, a Somali community over here, how many of y'all can actually say y'all have, uh, have relationship with unbelievers in this neighborhood? How many of y'all can actually say that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm building relationships with kids in school, African-American kids in school, because even though the population is still more whites, there's st still more African-American students in public schools, right in this 55404 a zip code. How many of y'all can actually say I'm building relationships with people that don't look like me, that don't think like me, that don't believe like me? How many of y'all actually can say that because that's the, that's the foundation of building relationships in order for discipleship to happen and take place in the lives of so many other people? Because I'm going to tell you this, okay, whether we realize it or not, our world is just not going to stop having problems. Jesus talked about it before he said, man, before my return, wars and rumors of wars, earthquake in various places, you name it. We're under some crazy stuff that's going on right now and we cannot avoid it. But if we're not connected to the main power source, our, our, we're going to run empty. There's going to continue to be issues in our lives. And some of us has gotten so complacent with our faith because we're tired of seeing the hypocrisy from our parents, from older people and all that. But I'm still trying to call you to a place of saying it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It's too late right now to turn back. Grab a hold of Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. I'm telling y'all, grab a hold of Jesus. Build your relationship with Jesus and wrestle it out with him. This walk is not always having what you want. This walk is about you submitting who you are to, to Jesus Christ and allowing him to govern your life. 
But the issue is if we're caught up in certain movements, if we're caught up in what's happening with the ring by spring, if we're caught up in politics, if we're caught up in social things, without the word of God and without Jesus Christ being a foundation, we will go astray and we'll fall into error. So God is calling us to be radical, stepping out the cultural norm. God is calling us to be relational. God is calling us to be relevant. But the practical steps I want to say today is number one, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Some of y'all are probably at this school because your parents paid for it. Some of y'all are probably at this school because you know you, you got a scholarship. But do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's at the foundation? All right, I'm telling y'all that, okay? It doesn't matter how outdated it appears to be, to say that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ is critical for you today. Number two, observe the culture around you, even if you don't agree. Observe the culture. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a hip-hop head. I grew up born and raised on the East Coast, right? I don't agree with everything in hip-hop culture, but I know it's my assignment to engage. Number three, build relationships with people and find out why they have their viewpoint. Find out why. You know, find out why. You may not understand, but why do a person believe the way they do? You know, I'm, I'm starting to realize Certain movements in America that may be off biblically, all right, there's their sincerity behind a lot of these movements. They just need to be guided. They just need to be directed toward understanding why Jesus wants us to do it a certain way. You understand that? You know, there's nothing wrong with fighting injustice, but the question is, are you using the scripture as your guide? If you don't use the scripture as your guide, it's dangerous. You'll fall into error. It's important, y'all. We got to keep the word of God as our guide as we go forth and do what God called us to do. And one more practical thing. Seek community as you make this step. Okay? For instance, some of y'all may be inspired to do certain exploits for Jesus Christ, but the thing is, connect with someone who's already been there. There's faculty members here. There's professors here. There's counselors here. There's people here that love you and that's been serving in ministry for years. Connect with them. As a matter of fact, there's even uh, some of our African-American students that's been doing inner city ministry, even though they may not have a degree yet. But connect with them if you desire to serve in the city. Don't just go uh, as a lone ranger. It, the world would eat you up and spit you out. We need the body of Christ. We need each other to build each other up as we're fulfilling the call that God has called us to do. And let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you the one thing, because that's accountability. That's accountability. It's funny how we talk about we need to keep each other accountable. You've heard that before, right? We need to keep each other accountable to walk in purity. We need to keep each other, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? And that's true, you know? He's like, yeah, 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 bro, I need to keep you accountable. You tripping, dog, you know? But anyway, but this is the thing about accountability. Accountability is so beautiful to the point. It's more than just telling you, get in line. Accountability is also about building each other up. You know, sometimes you need to hear this like, look, bro, I know you're afraid right now. Sis, I know you're afraid right now to step out. I just want to tell you God is with you. You know, I just want, I know that you're struggling right now, but I want to say, man, I'm blessed to be in fellowship with you. And God is pleased with you. Keep pressing. That's what happens when you become relational. Not only with trying to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ, but building relationships with people that are at this school. How many of y'all can actually say that I have relationships with people that look different from me, that have a different view, you know what I'm saying, that approaches life differently? You'll be surprised the level of encouragement you could get from the body of Christ as we come together and build each other up.
as truth being the foundation of what God has called us to, if we're not relational, y'all, we'll continue to make this cycle of having uh, good hearts, uh, making good attempts, but failing miserably. And Jesus is calling us out from what's familiar to build with each other. So I want to share with you today, if there's someone that's in need of prayer, if there's someone that said, you know, Pastor Stacy, you know, you know, I don't, I grew up in this church stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's for me. Man, I'd love to pray for y'all after. You know, I don't know how, if, if, um, if Brother Josh should come up with me right now, if he's cool with that. But I just, I just want to take time to pray f- for some of y'all. Because let's be honest with you. You know, it's, it's real out here. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, yo, look, I went, I was in college in, in the 1990s, right? I'm dating myself, okay? This is cool, all right? But I'm still cool. <laughs> okay, but, but, um, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in school, I can easy, easily isolate with the problems of the world. Y'all, for my undergrad, I went to Crown College. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, God. Okay, for my undergrad, I went to Crown College, right? It's just like, oh, okay. God is delivered. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm just playing. Okay. I'm silly, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm silly. <laughs> I'm silly. But listen, listen, let me share something with you. But the reality hit me. I remember when I was there, um, there was a thing called the Million Man March that happened. Okay? And within the Million Man March, it was African-Americans coming together for atoning, uh, uh, reconciliation, you name it. Right. And the amazing thing that hit me was that the majority of my professors had no clue that was taking place. Like million man, what? I'm like, you don't know about the million man march with Louis, Louis who? And that hit me. I said, wow, we're not really ready to engage this world. Just because you don't agree with Louis Farrakhan. There is, God has, has, has commissioned us to some degree to get to know people that are doing certain things in the world. Amen? So the point that I'm trying to say is just that it's different for y'all now. Y'all, North Central did something powerful. They made a powerful statement by having George Floyd's funeral here. That, that was a powerful statement. Okay? That was a powerful statement. But the point that I'm trying to make is we can no longer be isolated. We can't just sit here and talk about uh, predestination and free will. We can't just sit here and talk about uh, the doctrine of tongues and women being in ministry and all that kind of stuff. Y'all, there's a dying world out there. And as there's a dying world out there, people are trying to understand and know who Jesus is. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm a tongue talking man. I'll roll all over the floor. You pray for me. I'll fall out. Boom. I'll be the first to tell you that. But we can't be so disconnected in our little bubble till we fail to realize there's a dying world out there and y'all can't avoid it anymore. So in a sense, it's a good thing because in order for the kingdom mandate to advance, sometimes we need turbulence. And that's what happened with the first century church. They were about to become like, like, like King Kong Bundy spiritual gluttons. And, and Jesus said, look, you're going to be my witnesses in Judea and all Samaria, Right. And I'm behind time. That's the problem. Look, okay. But anyway, remember though, when the turbulence happened, the scripture said they dispersed. 
And when they dispersed, the scripture says that they brought the gospel with them in Judea and the uttermost parts of the world. And they begin to preach the gospel. What's happening in, with this generation, y'all, turbulence is happening and we can't run away from it now. But God is saying, look, I deposited word into you. Proclaim this word. Do not neglect your relationship with Jesus Christ. Proclaim this word, even though it may be unpopular. Proclaim this word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will abide forever. So if you need prayer. However, my, I just feel led to have you come up, man. Come up, come up, sis. I'm just a messenger delivering mail today. They work with y'all on a regular basis. They discern what's going on. But I want to pray for y'all. But I'm going to put it into your hands and y'all feel discern how y'all want to end this thing or whatever you want to do because y'all build with these students. And I want to say I praise the Lord for y'all. You know, I praise the Lord for y'all. Yeah. I also want to say I am, I, I am, there, I, there's a lot I don't know about this institution, but I'm thankful for the statement that y'all made a year ago. That said something. There's more work to be done, there's no doubt, but that said something. You know what I'm saying? Y'all probably lost funding or whatever by having George uh, Floyd's memorial here. But there's so much going on, y'all, with Amar Locke, with, with Philando Castile, with you name it. There's so much more that God wants to do. But it's in your hands, however y'all want to do it. But I'm here to pray. Blessings to y'all. I love y'all. Hopefully I can vibe with y'all again soon.